Welcome to Podcast on Fire on the movies Wes Officer Tuba and the Champions. And Sam Hong has been haunted by alpha male superstar cop David Chang, tries to romance Joey Wong, and gets the crap beaten out of him by Wang Jiangli in Where's Officer Tuba from 1986. And Yun Biu plays soccer with the Yung Clan in the Champions. And uh, my name is Kenny B, and with me is the official traveling man of the podcast on fire network who, who is known as hong kong dave but i following you on social media you've been italian dave for a little while if i'm not mistaken right yeah i got back a couple of weeks ago from uh, pisa so that was uh, my, my first time there that was uh, a lot of fun non uh, hong kong related but interest in italy nonetheless or was it a family vacation thing a uh, uh, family family vacation um i'd never been there i always wanted to, to go so the, your uh, your eye for it certainly um, uh, you, you know you, you captured some some wonderful images and uh, the world's uh, the, the world's open to you so uh, you're uh, you're you're traveling back and forth and I'm sure you've planned the next Hong Kong uh, Hong Kong trip as a matter of fact or what's the deal there? Yeah, um, possibly Philippines next year. Okay, cool. Uh, I haven't been there since 2000, and with maybe like a brief. Kind of couple of days in Hong Kong too, but then the next uh, next uh, like pro- full trip, proper trip uh, to Hong Kong probably the the year after that. So well, uh, there's um, there's some DVDs uh, to find in uh, possible like uh, at, at the bottom of bins somewhere, <laughs> including these ones that that we're talking of tonight. They're not easy to find. Some of them are not even on no. effing DVD. So that's your mission, my friend. Uh, go through the bins of Hong Kong. You know where they are. <laughs> yeah. If you go to the Philippines, you can go location uh, spotting uh, for all those, you know, war movies out of the Philippines. <laughs> we have, uh, I don't know, it was Platoon in the Philippines? But uh, I, I know some war movies were shot there. So it just goes to some quarry and you might stumble upon either a, sh- a shoot for a war movie or a Mad Max knockoff, right? Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, kids and uh, adults listening, uh, because uh, we, we kind of are, are watching semi-family-friendly uh, movies uh, this time around. But they are Hong Kong movies, so there are some sections that uh, might feel a little bit painful. So, everybody, uh, you're welcome in if it's your first time listening to Podcast on Fire. Thank you, and uh, hope you like our reviews of West Officer Chuba and the Champions with Summer Hong and Yun Biu. But... Uh, for now, I'm going to rattle off some brief contact information. So for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, go to podcastonfire.com where this show on mostly older slash, you know, vintage Hong Kong cinema and some new. It is on that very site. And we also have plenty of other shows on Japanese cinema, Korean cinema. We do episodes on sleazier adult movies. We do audio commentaries and bonus episodes and what have you. A variety of shows are available for free to you. So check out the right hand side of the website and hope you find something that you quite like and if you have any questions or feedbacks on older movies favorite summer home movies uh, these movies in particular if you have any comment on them let us know podcast on fire at googlemail.com you can also join us and share those views on social media we have handy buttons leading to facebook which in turn uh, will uh, lead you to our discussion group that is called Podcast on Fire Network, where most of the show updates and discussion take place. So welcome in and join the discussion. Follow the handy button to our tweets, to our iTunes feed, which you can subscribe to. Leave a star rating on and even leave a written comment on. That would very, 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 very much be appreciated. And finally, you can stream us on Stitcher Radio, either on their website or 
on the applications available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. I know Stitcher either bought or was bought by someone, so I don't know if uh, there's a name change in place. Uh, but uh, as, far, as far as I know, it's they have a Stitcher premium thing now, so that might have been the sum total of the change in terms of name. But you can still stream our shows for free on Stitcher Radio. And uh, that's us for now. We're going to take a short promotional break. Uh, you're going to hear a promo spot from one of our friends in the podcasting community and uh, support them. There's a link to their show as well. And uh, after that promo break, we'll be back to discuss Where's Officer Tuba from 1986, starring Samong. So sit tight and we'll be back. Yo, are you looking for a podcast that breaks movies down like you couldn't believe? I mean, takes them apart piece by piece and analyzes every little thing. Getting you the most out of every movie that you ever could. Well, look no further than The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. With Samurai and Big Willie. These fuckers know how to review movies. Or my name ain't the head. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. And welcome back in the first review of this podcast on Fire Is Where's Officer Tuba from 1986 and plot from Cal42's review of the film on HKMDB because I can't write these things so I rely on better writers uh, for these kind of things. So here we go. Cowardly Cop Tuba played by Sam Hong is content to play in the police orchestra for a living and leave the real police work to others. Unfortunately, his unconventional looks and manner make him an ideal candidate for an undercover mission headed by Rambo Chow, played by David Chang. In our version, I believe he was referred to as Magnum. If not Magnum Chow, merely Magnum, but it is David Chang's character. He enlists Tuba for this undercover mission to bring down an extortion ring. Chow, David Chang's character, is promptly killed in action. Like, like I can imagine if you watch this with your family and if you knew the movie, that would be the moment where the fam leaves for like 30 seconds while <laughs> David Chang gets his kneecaps uh, shot out. <laughs> so, so welcome to Hong Kong. He's killed in action but not before harassing a promise out of Tuba that he will avenge his death and bring the gang to justice. Tuba reneges on the promise which makes Chow's mischievous spirit manifest itself to him and the ghost, which only Tuba can see or hear of course, makes a thorough nuisance of itself until he and his overambitious rookie roommate Chung, played by Jackie Chung, swing into action on his behalf. So there's the revenge angle and Tuba also tries to woo supermarket manager Joanne, played by Joey Wong, who thinks he's a poet and whose parents thinks he's a deranged idiot. So there's your sort of uh, gathered little plot strands, uh, fairly focused little film. But uh, I won't give you my brief opinion first. I want to hear your brief opinion first, Hong Kong Dave, of Where's Officer Tuba. So what did you think of it in short? Yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's really well made. Very uh, energetic slice of uh, action comedy from the sort of golden years of, of Hong Kong cinema. Too bad it's not more widely known. You know, so. Out of the people who do bring it up, I mean, I know our listener Jay brings it up as a movie he quite, quite, quite likes. Mm. It always has a favorable response and it's sort of been available, but not, you know, when you're talking of Samo Hong, you don't say, oh my God, did you see Eastern Condors and where's Officer Tuba? 
because, <laughs> because it's a comedy after all. So, I mean, yeah. and, and they produce a lot, so it gets buried that way uh, somehow. Mm. But I, I agree, it's a very enjoyable. Typically, contrast the Hong Kong fan because it contains action, some blood, and some stunts, some herring stunts, and comedy, and a very dedicated Samuel in a very physical role comedically. Uh, he, he doesn't rely on you know gags or being loud it, it has some physical elements i took from it so and i and also enjoyed that he's not really a in part he is but he isn't really a hidden kung fu hero that can leap into action at all times so he plays more of a regular joe he's a great actor so he can do that very well uh, but when he does kick into action and uh, whenever someone pe- performs under the uh, action choreography and direction. It's uh, quite magical. So overall, very, very enjoyable. It starts violently. There's a cop operation uh, from frame one. There's uh, bloody violence before the tuba of it all. And uh, you get some examples of uh, stunt men falling uh, from a story or two up onto a van and also David Chang is uh, not performing it himself. I mean, he is the Dirty Harry, he's the Magnum, he's the Rambo cop. But his character performs a stunt where he doesn't get out of the way of a car. He shoots the bad person, guy, in the car. And then we get quite a harrowing stunt. So did you remember that um, uh, brief but quite distinctive stunt that happens when David Chang's character goes... Not uh, he, he doesn't move away from the car, but uh, what does he do? As a matter of fact, yeah, it just goes goes feet first, right through the windscreen. Yeah, the windshield is gone at that point, but that doesn't help. Because, no, no, no. Because that stuntman. Um, I mean, I posted the clips. So I'm sure you took a, took a look at it, but that that stuntman looks um, looks very painful. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a ragdoll by that point because yeah. he, he, his hip looks like it snaps and his body a little bit too. Mind you, he makes the jump. But you wonder how many takes and how many stuntmen. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do it too often. <laughs> yeah, you wonder if they decided we have... Okay, we'll do it one time. If we get it, yeah. we get it. If we're whole afterwards, great. But you can't you can't line up stuntmen and try and get it right. Five takes in. Ten takes in. Uh, because you you simply can't, and you, you I, I don't know about you. The older I get, the more fearful I get watching some of these movies again. Uh, I get fearful of these people's lives. Uh, oh yeah, they, they put their lives on the line, and uh, not for very very great pay either. No, it, it is admirable, isn't it? And 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 the sort of feather in the cap of Hong Kong cinema that we may not have the budget or sometimes the greatest filmmaking skill, but look at what we can do. And uh, in my opinion, that balances out. Uh, matters when they have their uh, sellable element uh, like stunts. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't swear to it, but the uh, the river that's behind them in the opening sequence, it looks very much like uh, Taipo in the New Territories. I only say that because when that's where I stayed very nearby the, it, when I was in Hong Kong in May, and. You know the the sort of dimensions of that river, the sort of the sides sides of it, and and some of what's in the uh, in the you know on the banks, it looks very familiar. I mean, uh, I think Paul Fox lived somewhere near there as well, so maybe so maybe he may be able to confirm or deny that, but it looks it does look very familiar to me. 
just to give people an idea of geography of Hong Kong, and I, and I don't really know, but uh, new territories versus, uh, versus urban Hong Kong and the distance you have to go between them. I mean, are we talking hours apart, or is it a fairly quick trip from the city to uh, to the countryside, essentially? If it is where I think it is, you can do that by uh, MTR in maybe half an hour or so. It's not... It's, it's it's a fair distance in in Hong Kong terms, but it's not sort of uh, it's not long a long journey by any means. So yeah, that that means that fil- filmmakers across the decades were able to plan their uh, their locations and their geography because uh, it's somewhat nearby. It and and it, and it's not like isolated things where you can't uh, where you can only get there by uh, by walking. <laughs> It's almost certainly somewhere in the new territories, but if it is typo specifically, you know, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more space to play with. So if you're trying to execute like a stunt like this, it's going to be, uh, you've, you know, you just, you just got more space to work with there. Yeah, and they put up a banner too because uh, that uh, that car goes through a banner, so it's a, it's a car yeah. stunt as well. Uh, I want to ask you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you like Sam Hong in whatever he does, but uh, have you ever thought of uh, if you had a like me i'm not saying you're like you must be like me but have you ever thought like me that i i like when sam a place a person a regular person not a kung fu hero not someone sh- from shaolin or a master of any kind because I, I like some of the actors so much i uh i love when he plays someone relatable and regular yeah it's nice it's when um i mean it's so sort of versatile but when he's playing like a, a more you know like say like a regular person you know not some you know you know, like a great master or someone who's, you know, indestructible. It's nice, you know, it allows him to sort of, you know, show more of his, uh, more of his range, more of his, uh, you know, abilities, as, you know, as a performer. And and it's not playing a regular Joe, but being a broad comedic presence here. He's more settling into being likable and also following the character trait of he doesn't want to be in on the action he's comfortable playing a tuba with his friends you know uh, uh, the paul chun character and the wolf yeah. character yeah. and the tin ching character and that's all fine and, and, and i like that he um it's not underplaying but it, it's certainly it's it's very like a, a neutral level that doesn't spike into let's go for something broad just because the audience will like it um, i mean case in point that whole sequence with the friends asking Samuel to lie for them and uh, at the dinner just tell my girl we had sea bass that uh, <laughs> like like thanks bye and then another yeah, guy yeah. comes in just tell uh, my girl that we played mahjong all night great thanks bye and then uh, <laughs> you get four stores to keep track of in that uh, dinner scene and uh, in <laughs> in many hong kong movies that would be a scene that could be funny but would stall the movie but Samo and crew, and certainly the dual directors, because we got two credited directors, Philip Chan and Ricky Lau of uh, Mr. Vampire fame, they make this, in my opinion, quite funny because it's a classic thing of there's too much to keep track of, so obviously it's going to implode at some point, and he's the guy who's going to get more of the blame than the other guys, or equal blame, just because he lied. I think it's wonderful. It's a little isolated sequence, you know, if I'm being honest. But it's a good isolated sequence. Uh, so yeah. uh, I didn't think this installed the movie uh, as such. Uh, any notes on it yourself? That whole dinner sequence? No, I mean it's, it's a fun bit. It it works really well. They don't um, don't make too much of it. They don't don't try and uh, stretch it out. 
it just sort of it it plays out quite naturally and uh yeah it's just it, that that is a that is a particular particularly highlight for me i bet it's very funny yeah he tries to tie it together after all like no 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 mm. it all makes sense because after we went to the funeral parlor uh we we went fishing because we had a craving for sea bass and there was a guy there that <laughs> and it's just like he uh, bless him he's trying he's a good friend uh, in all honesty i mean it's a comedy it doesn't mean that much but i think it makes him awfully likable that he tries mm. he, he's the friend that he, he's not a pushover he's a friend that tries yeah and uh, that 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 makes it all the more likable and especially when he tries to do his very best to ask this girl out that he likes he does some very sincere things in my opinion uh, in that um in, in the initial scenes with him and Joey Wong at the um, at the supermarket he he's doing his uh, very best not to be uh, not to be pervy not to be fake suave but just try and go about it in a natural way which sort of backfires and, and I, would, I don't want to reveal the gag that there's a security camera gag that's too clever to be uh, to be spoiled so, so, so I'm not going to but uh, I certainly think it's super likable and, and in my opinion that romance kind of makes sense it's not too far-fetched and think about this David and, and I want your take on this think about how forced it if it felt forced to you when Jackie romanced ladies in his movies versus how Samuel goes about you know, for instance, in this movie, do you think there's a difference there how Samo and Jackie come up, co- comes off romancing younger ladies? Because Samo had Maggie Chung as well. But... Yeah, I think Samo's actually is better uh, inhabiting those kinds of characters or, or doing those kinds of things. It's sort of like he doesn't chat them up necessarily. Yeah, it seems it it seems um, it, it seems quite sort of genuine or believable mm-hmm, you know it's mm-hmm. it's there's like a, a credibility to it it's not sort of um you know he's not like a super slick sort of you know smooth talking kind of person he's just you know he's trying to be like a, a you know he's a regular guy just sort of trying his best and you know and he's and and even in winners and sinners there was an element of that when he and cherry chung were friendly with each other after the gang and maybe Samo to an extent tried to peep at her and get on with her. But in the end, they they played scenes where, with them being friendly with each other and it felt like the most natural thing in the world and not this sympathetic thing just because he's a bigger guy and she's nice to him just because he's big. It, it, it didn't deal feel a little bit more sincere. And then especially when Ricky Lau and Philip Chan plays the scene where Samo explains that he wasn't being perverted to Joey Wong, and she sort of buys it because, oh, well, that makes sense, you know. So because yeah. he he's he he's not this he's not this act, uh, and and his friends aren't saying like, oh, go in and act like Chai Fat or someone <laughs> uh, someone that's uh, suave and cool and han- and handsome. No, I'll, 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 uh, hi, um, um, you want to go out? It, it's <laughs> it's essentially that. So I, I think it is yeah. very sweet, and it's it's. Again, it's not trying to be the classical romance with depth and nuance that's going to make you bore like crazy. But it's pleasant. And yeah. that he gets to meet her parents late, later in the movie, which doesn't really work, uh, is believable enough. But when the movie switches, are you, like me, so desensitized to Hong Kong cinema that, that there's no biggie that they switch to uh, hard action and eventually David Chang's quite graphic death. Uh, do, do do you think about that at all? Still having watched h- hundreds of these kind of movies, it registers, but not. I mean, because you've seen so many 
movies that have uh, wildly different elements, you know, action, comedy, horror, and certain, I mean, particularly in that era, they would throw bits of lots of different kinds of movies like all in one. You know, I've, I've seen this often now that, that when they do that, it registers, but it's not like uh, you know maybe people are seeing this that kind of thing for the the first time, and it, it really sort of uh, really kind of uh, takes takes them out of the uh, out of the film. Well, well, you certainly notice when someone gets their kneecaps yeah. shot because oh, yeah. because it is it's not like it's uh, a squib in the chest and he dies or no, anything no. like uh, the directors are going to hammer home that the alpha cop dies and brutally so the the invincible sort of uh, uh, cop Magnum or Rambo so um, and 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 I think that's a good description I register it but I, I don't notice it slash I think it's it's fascinating that a cinema can go about its business this way because it isn't alienating an audience. This is a commercial way of thinking. Yeah. They, they wouldn't bat an eyelid. This is not parents and mothers and fathers wouldn't run out of the cinema screaming, holding their hands in front of their children's eyes and like, you know, riot on the street just because they had this. No, so it's all fine. It's family entertainment, man. It's category two, probably. Yeah, it's very, it was a, Common, uh, it's a common thing for the cinema of the time. Bit of comedy, action, bit of romance. They're, they're just trying to get, you know, pull in the different audiences, you know. And it was a fairly successful movie. I think uh, $16 million in 1986 yeah. is nothing to sneer at, so, uh, certainly. So I think we we, we got um, commercial performers, but um, a known performance in general. Uh, even yeah. even if the girls wanted to see Jackie Chung more, I'm sure Sam could bring in audiences too, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's it. And, and having said that, I don't know, I don't know how long Jackie Chung had been established as someone known at all if he was a heavenly king per definition so i'm not going to say that but uh, certainly in retrospect it looks like a you know a magnetic commercial cost uh, and all that like, like heck even joey wong had not uh, broken as much in hong kong yet because chinese ghost story was the year after yeah it was yeah for samo that's the same year as millionaires express I think. Yeah, I think so. That's eighty six uh, on, uh, on on release date anyway. Yeah, and, and one of the uh, one of the lucky stars films as well. I think it was yeah. the same. Year. All busy. Like uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, both directing and producing and acting uh, filmography at that point, and they they seemingly had uh, endless energy to uh, to deliver to us because it, it's quite a remarkable level of quality throughout comedies and action you know at this time and even squeezing in a drama or two during this time i uh, I, I highly enjoy by the way that that whole sequence that where david chang meets his demise and we, we get evidence of uh, the action directing gonna lead towards that hard samo style because uh, david chang's character is action able he is as well having been a martial arts player at shore brothers as as you know and many others but it, there's a good mix of samo's power david chang's ability some doubles as uh, and you know stuntman gets wire pulled through uh, barrels you know empty plastic barrels and you got someone as powerful as Wang Jiang Li here elevating the threat level because Wang <laughs> Jiang Li looks dangerous as heck and and I uh, kept I was reminded of when the likes of Roy Horan talked of Wang trying to capture Wang Jiang Li on film and him having to reduce his speed in order for the camera not to catch merely blurs. 
And to, <laughs> and to me, th- th- this is false. It's not undercranked. And it looks to me that Wang Jiangli, thousand percent dangerous, but he's probably holding back because no one would be able to follow uh, follow those movements. And I, I think yeah. he looks wonderful. And uh, it adds that element of danger, I think. And uh, obviously being a fan of, fan of Wang Jiangli, it's just great to see him in a in a modern action room too. Yeah, that's a real real surprise. I did I didn't realize he was in the cast. Um, you know when I when I watched it, and uh, suddenly he's just, he's, he pops up and starts doing his thing. It's <laughs> that, I mean that's one of the great sort of joys of of films from this era is that there's you know so many familiar faces in them, even in even in small roles. And nowadays that now there's very many less films being made and you know very different kinds of films you don't get that same kind of uh sometimes i mean maybe uh chinese new year films there's that same you know where you have lots of people you know familiar faces in the, in the one film but then then it was a real feature and you know and like his role in this he could just he just pops up and there he is and and alone the samus the samu hong stuntman association would add a fair few familiar faces for small roles or supporting roles because mm. these were not merely action guys uh, these were reliable enough actors to uh, perform some dialogue Wang Jiangli yeah. hovered between different uh, action directors and associations but s- some of Samuel's guys are Samuel's guys whether co- comedy performers or action performers typo turns turns up here doing a whole gag with uh, no no it, it's after the gag with the uh, with the uh, tourists uh, taking uh, taking photos i think that was alfred chung but typo turns up at one point and then uh, wang jangli and uh, all of those guys so it's all recognizable stuff and if you give me a 2017 movie i have to look at the cost list i don't know anyone anymore yeah Unless they're older persons, like um, I, I saw Yuppie Fantasia Free uh, recently for a oh, guest, yeah. for a guest slot with Paul on his show, and obviously Lawrence, I recognize Lawrence, uh, and and I think he looks great. But then I had to look up almost everyone else. Like who is Chrissy Chow? I've never seen Chrissy Chow. Oh, that's the girl. Okay, I think I can recognize her next movie. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and then obviously there were a lot of newcomers granted in in that movie too. 20-somethings, if that, but uh, there's a difference here. But uh, maybe the main example of that physical comedic act that Samo brings, that is not about going, ah, and huge banter, and he falls on his ass. Uh, It's not really about that. The the death scene of David Chang's is great. They, they have they have great back and forth here because he is in a classical Hong Kong cinema way, like, promise you'll revenge me, otherwise I'll haunt you. He nods his head, then David Chang closes his eyes, then he shakes his head. And then he opens his eyes again and he starts nodding his head again. <laughs> it's not hard physical stuff to do to shake your head and nod your head. But I think Samuel is great at that. Because he, he's a panicked character at that point. He isn't a kung fu guy. He hasn't yeah. kicked into action. He's afraid. He's totally afraid. And he doesn't want anything to do with this. This is nuts. And I, I, I can't tell you what a joy it is to react to that stuff in 2017 in a in a laugh out loud way um it, it's not gotten old either his powerful action or his ability to uh to be the comedic performer you know to, in my eyes i might for, be forgetting moments in movies but he was a performer uh, that wasn't uh slotted into oh yeah let's make fat jokes uh, he, he wasn't really slotted automatically into that he could do different things granted i'm sure he's been called fei fei in movies, you know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it it was not the automatic thing. Oh, we got Samo because Samo was more versatile than that, and his own creator 
too. He'd been a filmmaker, so I'm I'm, I'm sure he had a thing or two to say in terms of how he portrays himself. But I, I I think I think that's the main example of him being a great physical performer and and the Jackie Chung uh, chemistry between old and uh, old and uh, younger and their partners possible i think uh they're, they're decently fun together uh, i don't know did you feel they made it into a thing like it's a partnership now or was it more in my eyes it was more sporadic uh that they had scenes together rather than you're my partner now it was not lethal weapon didn't feel like they made a, a big thing out of it but uh yeah, i thought it worked well and uh, I, I do like uh jackie jackie chung as an actor generally speaking he, d- he doesn't tend to do yeah, that many films, I think, out of choice, really. But when he does do them, and this is obviously quite early in his film career, he was, you know, he's, he's capable and uh, you know engaging on screen. So, were you happy when he returned to uh, the screen in From Vegas to Macau Three? Then, because you would be <laughs> the only one who was happy about the fact that the yeah. movie got made after all. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've seen any of those actually. Yeah, don't bother. The first one, yeah. probably in comparison to the second and third probably masterful but the first one was just they're, they're trying and it's not landing yeah and i thought that was sad because i like these guys i like china yeah. and uh, all of those the cameo at the end was almost fun but because i, I don't care i'm gonna spoil it the god of gamblers makes a cameo at the end you know in the chair and uh, you know all of that ah. <laughs> uh, so there you are but the, it's amazing with jackie his first credited movie is a way different one uh, the movie Soul by director Shu K, which is not the actress Shu K. Uh, obviously, it's um, a director and film critic later in his life. Uh, David Chang is in it. Really dark and slow and con- well, not contemplative, but slow. A revenge drama with uh, Diana Yip and uh, Jackie Chung has a has a role in that. And um, and, and even famed uh, Taiwanese director Ho Shaoshen has an acting role in that one. And that was Jackie's first movie, and uh, all oh. all capable out of the gate. So uh, it would only get better, you know, a haunted cop job leading into a bullet in the head. Uh, as tears go by, of course, I think uh, was yeah. one of his first really um, acclaimed performances. Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. It's, um, we talked about a comedic highlight that seemed like it was a skit on its own. But uh, when Samo is both uh, terrorized by David Chang's naughty ghost and having to meet... Uh, the possible in-laws, which is uh, <laughs> uh, which is Teddy Yip, and uh, who, yeah, yeah. Uh, see if we can find the actress because I didn't recognize her. Uh, can't find her now, so I do apologize. Uh, but uh, what do you think of uh, the whole uh, shenanigans that goes on? Whether you want to quote uh, some uh, scenes or not, because it, it's a sequence that can be very bland if not done right. There's a ghost that controls him and makes him do silly stuff. <laughs> but uh, what did you think of the in-laws? Uh, the run-ins with the in-laws, if you will. Actually, that, that 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 was a lot of fun too. I love the bit is he goes to their um, their place, you know, for dinner and that. I think he's appearing behind uh, her her mum and he's like staring at her legs and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and that's all David Chang manipulating yeah, in, in yeah. the elevator. He's made uh, Sam Hong appear forty. Yeah, and he meets Teddy up in the elevator, and that, that's all fun because they're gonna meet again. And when when their eyes lo- when they lock eyes again, oh, like I'm, I'm sorry, I was like, it's okay, let's sit down and have something courteous. And then Sam Hung does his, he starts twitching, his face starts twitching just because David is there manipulating, to manipulate him, and it it, it has quite a few things that we're, we're gonna, not gonna spoil, obviously, but 
again, I think it's the strength of the makers and the cast to make all of these things pleasant and even laugh out loud fun without reinventing the wheel. It's nothing, you know, it does the kind of comedic gags you expect to see, but, you know, it's it's played well. You know, they're, they're, they're all very able performers. Uh, they're able to, you know, to keep it, keep it fresh. And David is fun enough, I think, as a mischievous uh, ghost. Um, you you don't always think of him as this light and like, hey, hey, hey performer, I'm here. Uh, you know, because he's got these Shaw Brothers movies, uh, the Chang Chen yeah. movies were not about him being the playful character. So it it's sort of nice. He still looks great and uh, had uh, obviously an acting career post Shaw Brothers, but I'm sure he was a little bit more infrequent. Um, Turned up in Choi Hawks once upon a time in China too, to great effect. You know, a veteran face by that point. So uh, he 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 was asked to act back then. So he he, he had good acting chops in him. But I like him a lot as a, as a filmmaker, which is something people tend to forget. Even though we've done a series on <laughs> David's movies, he he was more than competent uh, filmmaker actually uh, of both comedy and um, of uh, drama. He uh, he did that movie, The Wrong Couples, with uh, Richard M and. Uh, Josephine Shaw, which I think is a movie, if you haven't seen it, that you would appreciate hugely because it's a very nice, mature romance with some light stuff uh, in it too. Mm. Uh, yeah, we might as well talk a little bit of uh, the action because, if anything, he Samus' character who doesn't seem actionable, he kicks and punches every now and again. If anything, this comes out for the end, but there are uh, reasons for that, uh, possession being one reason. I feel I'm going to repeat my notes. I might as well go second in terms of what I think of Samus' power. But this ending that mainly concerns two pairs of fights, uh, Samo versus Wang Jiangli and Jackie Chung versus Chang uh, Yi. Uh, any notes in general on uh, the, the fighting pair-ups, if you will? No, no, specifically. But, um, you know, whenever Samo's got a hand in the uh, in the action, you know it's going to sort of, you know it's going to deliver. There's a little special thing to do here they immerse jackie to quite an extent because uh, i i didn't spot that much doubling there is doubling but they they actually tailor jackie chung's you know abilities to fight scenario at hand really well i thought uh, with him versus uh Chang-Yi, which is uh you know quite a delight to see actors uh perform and uh and also doing exchanges it's not like they pose and or kick into action by going out of the frame, stuntman, 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 back into frame, posing with some blood on his face. Uh, so that uh, that really speaks to their ability to uh, work with non-performers as well. And I, I don't remember Jackie Chung participating in that much fight choreography throughout his career. Uh, action, yeah, with John Woo and yeah. things. But uh, and uh, being in a Wong Kar Wai swordplay movie doesn't mean it's an action movie only uh, with, with Ashes of Time obviously it uh, has more than that I think that was my main delight that my god he's well used look at him yeah I think um, Samo certainly liked to use uh, the you know the actor as much as he could just you know it gives it a uh, believability a credibility and it, you know, it, it helps the film well, that could be a double-edged sword because if the mm-hmm. actor isn't responding in a in a decent amount of uh, uh, providing a decent amount of power himself or herself, then yeah. that can fall flat because then True. you have different pace and different volume and different frequency in when whenever doubles are used. And I think this 
the it's more seamless in that regard. Uh, and, and my god, like they were so good at doubling despite I think video assist wasn't frequently used throughout the 80s, even if it was available. Uh, bigger productions, I think, used it. But to, to capture all of this by, you know, viewfinder and by eye to make sure the doubling isn't awful is uh, something I always admired by Hong Kong cinema too, that their eye for this is, um, is marvelous. So now that I'm talking about it, I think the biggest fighting showcase that Jackie Chan got and that was also really well made. They, they they immersed him very well in the fight scenario versus doubles. Was a high risk with him versus uh, oh. Billy Chow uh. when he's in the tracksuit, the Bruce Lee tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've not seen it in a while. That one. I have to, I have to dig that out. That 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 is a good film because he's um, it's such a silly role in a movie, but essentially he finds his martial arts abilities again. Uh, after having been a drunkard and, uh, and you know a bad movie star, you know it's a dig at Jackie that entire movie, obviously. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jackie Chan, that is. Yeah. But uh, God, God is a great performance. Uh, you know they, they they bring out the fact that oh, if uh, Sam Hung is possessed by David Chang, then um, yes, by David Chang, then he has a bit of an edge, and uh, it's 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 marvelous without being able to say much about why it's marvelous this powerful aspect of Samus choreography when he goes from zero to hundred in an instant and it's it's just <laughs> uh, it's it you it, it gets you riled up. I, I I think it's marvelous in this movie and dozens of others or or a dozen of other movies with with him versus Wang Jiang Li because it feels distinctly like he is uh Wang Jiang Li that is is beating the shit out of Samo. <laughs> And eventually he pull he you know he's able able to uh, pull through and uh, he, but by this point I think David the movie isn't as contrasty in style despite it being hard hitting martial arts action it isn't akin to the kneecaps earlier in the movie but by this point yes it's an action ending but it it feels a little bit more in tune with the comedic stuff of the movie and the and the brewing romantic stuff of the movie I didn't feel feel there were fun contrasts uh, they, they were sort of closer together by this uh, point in the movie uh so so, so yeah i think uh, that's uh, that's all my notes i mean they, they, throughout the movie they, there's a cameo parade that's part of the enjoyment too uh where let's see how many people you recognize i recognized maybe 60 percent of the people that comes and goes and that's that's all uh, good fun and uh because the, the cost list is fairly Extensive for this one, not as extensive as the movie uh, David mentioned, The uh, Millionaire's Express. You you should do two commentary tracks for Millionaire's Express: one where you discuss the movie, one where you do cameo spotting. Yeah, that'd be good. So uh, there, there we are. I mean, even uh, favorite westerners uh, turn turn up, like Ken Boyle turns up as a uh, commissioner, uh, uh, a western commissioner. Uh, and all of that. So, uh, John Chum. If I mentioned Alfred Chung earlier, I think it's uh, John, John Chum taking uh, pictures at a pier early in the movie. And uh, Curry, Kali, is a crazy man with chopper. And he is. So, <laughs> there it is. Uh, so, yes, uh, th- th- I'll conclude uh, my notes there. So, uh, uh, anything else you want to say about uh, Wes Officer Tuba? I mean, you mentioned earlier that's uh, dual directors. Um, I was looking at. Uh, their respective directorial outputs. It feels, to me at least, like much more of a uh, a Ricky Lau film. I don't know how how true that might or might or might not be, but it does feel more like one. 
yeah, yeah, Philip was more in tune with darker stories, with some um, comedies here and there. But uh, I'd wager still that he's... I'm not questioning you, but I, I think he, if you look at the full filmography, he wasn't a stranger to a dir- directing a comedy necessarily. And uh, if anything, it's a good double team. I, I yeah, think. yeah. I mean, it, it looks it looks really nice. And there's loads of, you know, really... Uh, you know, really great shots, you know, the, whether it's one or the other or both, they really sort of know where to put the camera to get, you know, get more in the shot than just the actors. They're thinking of, you know, the whole frame and, you know, and, and, and getting as much into that as they can. It, does, it is really quite, uh, you know, it's very, very strong, strong film visually. Well, well, we certainly know that Ricky Lau had a background in cinematography before directing, so you certainly got a visual thinker there. And yeah. um, and I think he'd be working with Sam as cinematographer on movies before he uh, became the Mr. Vampire guy, uh, uh, because he, he essentially directed all of those Mr. Vampire mm. movies uh, after that uh, point. But uh, I like Philip a lot. There's a movie called Mr. Sunshine that I really like that's also a... A pleasant comedy and a cameo parade for the ages, man. And uh, it's starring. It's a starring vehicle for Ken Cheng and Maria Cordero, which is, oh. uh, which makes me happy from the get go. Like, great, use them as leads. That's amazing. And I, I think, but uh, don't quote me on this. But if memory serves me right, that was a sync sound movie as well from 1989, oh. which makes all the difference in the world where you can hear good performers perform. Yeah, I mean the the last film on on philip chan's uh directorial sort of list is the uh this the hoya brothers vehicle uh, front page you know it's really unusual as a career as a sort you know your last film it's what 27 years ago now i'm taking my time get off my dick (laughs) (laughs) you know it was the biggest hit of his you know of his career like 25 25 million plus so you know it's kind of unusual as you know as a director sort of to go out, you know, literally on a high, on his sort of, you know, highest sort of commercial success. So. You can do, you drop the mic at that point now. I'm yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it could well be something. something I got the Hoy Brothers together again. Got a hit. Yeah. Screw your bitches and out. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, cool, my friend. Uh, as for availability of what's uh, Officer 2, it's been on DVD twice, first by Universe and then uh, Joy Sales in the, the last 10 years or whatever, as part of their uh, legendary collection. It might be hard to get a hold of because I, I couldn't see it listed as being in stock at the, at the likes no. of uh, Yes Asia and DDD House. So if you can find used copies of either or, because I am I guarantee you they both will look fairly similar. Uh, the Joy Sales one wasn't a big remastered print or anything, so if you find the Universe one, I bet it's going to even look better. I found one of the Joy Sales DVDs on Amazon UK. People were asking £40 for that. Oh really? Wow! Well, yeah. they're, they're just doing that to do that by that point, yeah. uh, which is just a shame. Like, uh, what do you gain from that? Like, find something that's really sought after, like some something big that's sought after. Like, let let the small people get the small movie <laughs> for for a reasonable price, man. And 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 also, I'm I'm not gonna go while you do that. I'm not gonna go on record to say if I know this, but if people keep talking of Amazon Prime, the streaming both in America and the UK, and that Hong Kong movies turn up there. Granted, it is the older sort of transfers, but in if a DVD is missing, then there you go, you can stream it. Uh, but I I don't know if this one is, but. Paul Fox informs me sometimes. Oh yeah, I found Lucky Stars Go Places on Amazon Prime. I'm like, really? 
that crappy movie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got Amazon Video uh, here, and a lot of the there's lots and lots of Shaw Brothers on there, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, it be coming through sort of celestial. Uh, you know, in terms of the quality for streaming, is, is very good. But then again, you know, a lot of the sort of older titles, uh, you know, more obscure kind of kung fu things. They're, you know, it's kind of dubbed and full screen and, yeah. and that. But it's still, it's still to have have the have the option to be able to see them. It's you know, and and and, and like a fairly modern and legal option, obviously with uh, yeah. with, with streaming, which is good. I mean, uh, we 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 don't have Amazon at, at all over here, and therefore not a chance to stream these. And our, our streaming services are don't cater to these kind of movies uh, movies i mean we got netflix and 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 some local netflix stuff and obviously that is focusing on on the current crop and uh, all of that so uh but cool uh hope you find it listeners and um we'll uh, move on to uh, with a musical break because uh, there's some cracking music in the champions from 1983 so uh Yun-Bu plays soccer or football with the young clan because uh, those are the people uh, sort of behind it. And uh, we will tell you all about it and its plot after this very break. And welcome back. And the second review of this episode is uh, something I've been looking forward to, to discuss with uh, whoever I picked up picked up for the episode. And I'm glad it was you, David. The Champions from 1983, uh, the Yumbo soccer comedy. And plot from the Far East Films review of the film, Yumbu plays young country farmer Lee Tong, who gets into trouble in his local uh, village, and his first inclination is to stay and face the music. But his uncle, played by Eddie Coe, notes that uh, the victim of the trouble is an important member of the community, and the punishment, if he stays, will therefore be severe. So he escapes the ensuing uh, charge of vengeance, uh, seeking lo- uh, vengeance-seeking locals, and the naive youngster Yumbu's character travels to Hong Kong and to the home of uh, one of his uncle's uh, trusted friends. Unfortunately, that said friend has been dead for three years, leaving Yumbu on his own in the big city. And uh, after a few chance meetings, though, uh, Biao quickly uh, Yumbu quickly meets a couple of new friends. Uh, foremost among these being a street footballer played by uh, Chung Kwok Kung who immediately spots the potential playing skills of the performer. And uh, a run-in with a local football hero, subsequently, King, played by Dick Way, means that the attempts of both friends to join a proper club are barred. And uh, Bu himself is uh, forced into being the general uh, dog's body, or, you know, he's the the, uh, ball boy for that team. But when he notices the corruption within King's team, uh, the constantly improving footballer Lee Tong is persuaded to join the rival club and uh, to gain the appropriate revenge. So the scene is set for the clash between the newcomer and the idolized professional as uh, only one can be truly deemed the best soccer player in Hong Kong. Can you name five Hong Kong soccer movies off the top of your head? I can name two. 
this and Shaolin Soccer. That's yeah. it. It's a rare, it's a rare sports movie. Is a rare thing, if my memory is correct. Again, I'm just pulling things out of my butt here. But um, soccer movies, I can't remember many. If uh, if any besides those two, but uh, that uh, leads us into the short opinions. Uh, what did you think in short of the champions? I really liked it. I thought it was uh, terrifically entertaining, and as a first time watch, it was uh, you know just a, a real a real revelation and a, you know a, a genuine pleasure. It's really I really enjoyed it. Family movie, you reckon? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Which is uh, what I've often attached to when thinking of the movie. I think that was. A family-friendly movie. I don't remember violence from that one. So, which is cool because this was made. If we look at Yoon Wo Ping and his brothers and the various filmmakers and choreographers that were part of the Yoon clan, they were not making family-friendly movies. Uh, the kung fu ones, yeah, family-friendly enough. But then you have contrasty stuff like Dreadnought, and then you got the crazy, in my opinion. Uh, herb-infused uh, fantasy movies like Miracle Fighters and Shaolin Drunk God <laughs> and Taoism Drunk God and Mismatched Couples. They were on this crazy roll. And then you have the Champions, which has no eccentric nature to it all. And I think it's quite lovely uh, and very entertaining. And there's also actual physical skills put forth here to make the sports nature of it all impressive and smooth and balletic and fun. So... It's not like this is a vacation for all involved. They need to put forth some um, physical skill as well. But uh, boys is fun. And it, it's it's a wonderful example, you know, regardless of you think of the prior and subsequent Jung Ping movies that I briefly talked of. I think it's a wonderful example of uh, makers and players using their physicality, their acquired skill within filmmaking. And even expanded genre know-how to make a movie for all ages. It's neither a kung fu comedy, and it's neither a wacky drug-fueled supernatural excursion. It's a friendly <laughs> soccer comedy, with expert action performers uh, coming off as very relaxed and uh, happy to be there, rather than we're oh, gonna do another you kill my master movie. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess I'll I guess I'll do it. I need to work. So, you know, when you think of it, uh, Hong Kong family movie. I mean. It's not the a list of twelve doesn't come to like doesn't come to you immediately, right? It's always it's somewhat hard to find Hong Kong family movies, uh, and even the animated ones, the McDowell ones, they're, they're quite heavy on on adult and social themes. So it's not necessarily the cute pink movies. So I don't know how you handle that with your family. Try and find something that will not scare the kids. <laughs> like a, I don't know, where's Officer Tuba? Maybe. If we take out that scene, maybe it's family friendly. So, um, but but then again, I don't know how you are with your family if you don't care what you show them in terms of uh, Hong Kong uh, contrasty stuff. It was kind of okay now because my my kids are in their twenties. Uh, right on. But uh, yeah, before I, I used to sort of I would think about what I was would show them, but I, I wasn't sort of you know really restrictive. You know, if I thought, oh, you know, there's more here than just you know maybe tough action or something but you know if i thought a film had more more to offer and you know i wouldn't just just go by oh you know the rating i would sort of you know i kind of would kind of think about it myself so. rape by an angel no not it uh, probably no? probably, no? probably not <laughs> sex and sam still not it in their 20 in their 20s no by by the time they're in their 20s these movies are for old men and they're probably well, right I remember 
when I was was younger and I would uh, get to to you know when she's like a baby in arms, I get to you know to 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 feed her in the morning. I remember watching a load of the old uh, uh, Jackie Chan uh, low way movies from the seventies. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would just kind of randomly put those on, and stuff like that. so I can get my anger out somehow. <laughs> like I hate low way. I hate how he handled Jackie Chan. No, just kidding. Yeah, what a wonderful memory. I mean, uh, if you put on Dragon Fist, then that would be the classic out of the low way. Jackie Chan canon, if you will, which we're going to talk of someday. But uh, speaking of Jackie. Speaking of Sammo, speaking of you and you, they were a trio in movies uh, dubbed for Free Brothers. They did a couple of movies together. Uh, out of those three, um, how did you rate you and you on an overall scale, actor, action, performer, and, and all of that? I'm kind of a, I'm a something of a, something of a fan. I mean, it's not gotten the same sort of uh, lead roles as, as Sammo or, or Jackie, but I kind of like like what he he does. He's got his own you know his own sort of uh, so I mean, I mean, is the lead in this? Is the lead in on the run? You know, they're two they're two wildly different films, but they do showcase him uh, showcase him very effectively. And he also steals uh, at least Dragons Forever in, in in my opinion, yeah. playing the the naughty one out of the yeah. uh, free. Sadly for him and and for us, you know, the sort of industry tends to seem still really. I guess it's like like a you know able support rather than you know kind of leading leading man i mean he, he got a few and if there had been uh bigger hits maybe uh he may have gotten more but i i always uh, always wonder i haven't heard him mention this and i don't remember the interviews as such from the various uk dvds but he he compared to samuel and jackie he wasn't as much of a maker of, of things and maybe yeah. And then they steered their destiny a little bit more granted someone's destiny needs to be steered by uh, success as well and yeah and they, they certainly got that on their own and together as uh, as a trio but uh, mm. he is underrated and and i i i think he could have been as big of a star and uh, i think he always responded when given a chance and given material whether again on the run which is a thriller kind of sad that it didn't happen as intensely but he he's always been working and he was hardly a worthless cog in any working relationship because uh, without you and we wouldn't have had the excellent acrobatics and physical abilities that neither Samuel and Jackie could measure up to. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, at all. And he, he's put his life on the line uh, a little bit as well, uh, working with those uh, working with those, with those guys. But he, he uh, it very much uh, works. Um, and I think he's, uh, he's a hardworking nephew, as uh, established. He's, uh, it's a good and kind sort of um, aura of the movie. He's not a crappy character that needs to learn to not be crappy and uh, then uh, I, I was kind of fearful for one minute that uh, the movie was going to push melodrama a bit hard because at one point Eddie Cole breaks down I I can't believe I'm you, I'm forcing you into this and I can't believe you have to work so hard man and Eddie Cole is trying to act old but they don't put much old stuff on him <laughs> yeah it's like I'm super old but, uh, but hey, <laughs> hey who dislikes uh, Eddie Cole really so yeah you can't yeah true uh, I wondered, uh, did you um, think of or spot any, um, and, and this is not a bad thing, it's, it's something I noticed, but did, did you spot any echo of the likes of the Young Master and Dragon Lord in the Champions? If you think of the uh, opening set piece with uh, when they're trying to catch the, the thing that's on the elevated elevated thing, and also the fact that this is a big sports movie and Dragon Lord was partly a sports movie. Uh, 
Yeah, that didn't uh, that didn't occur to me at the time, but now that you said that, it kind of does, doesn't it? There's definitely a like an echo there. You know, knowing Young Master and Dragon Lord, and and now knowing this, so to say, I'm not saying it is an echo, but the, when you think of how you how you, much you like the champions, is it a bad echo? Therefore, it was the champions doing its own thing when all is said and done. I don't think so. You know, there's a similarity there. It's, it's a bad thing. I think it's um, you know, with the you know, written and directed by by Brandy Yun and and action by the Yun Clan. It's sort of I really like what they do anyway because it's a comedy and it's good it's a, you know it's like we said it's a, a family friendly comedy but just the way they approach it i don't know i can't quite put my finger on it but they kind of give it just a little little twist well well, well it's certainly not too big and, and they don't use that common tool of uh, what's a comedy so i guess we'll will just be loud and that's it right Mm. Uh, but it, it feels a little bit more thought through and uh, from scene to scene even that, okay, what's the volume and frequency of gags and tone here rather yeah. than just uh, uh, roll some stuff. The way they approach plot, the story, it's kind of light, um, and, and but slightly kind of whimsical as well. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sort of, um, you see a lot of things that you would expect to see in, in a film of this nature but they they kind of um they give it a little a little a little extra they give it like a little sort of touch just to make it well, well it's certainly uh they understand the sports movie and they also yeah. understand what physicality they can bring to it because this one requires choreography and stunts and uh that this needs to flow we wish we certainly get to if we talk of the f- final uh, footy game at the end of the review yeah that, that's what i was, was, try- was trying to get at it does have a have a like a natural pace to it. There's, there is like a sort of a. It's almost like it, it's quite fleet of foot. It's quite sort of. It's quite bouncy. Yeah. But you know, without being you know, not to to imply that it's like uh, you know not substantial, but it does have quite a sort of a. Uh, you know, there's a good sort of a good rhythm to it. I I agree. I mean, it it's it has no lulls and uh, and the pace is great. And I and, and I think mm. the young master and Dragon Lord echo. It's. I think it's there, but it's it's just, it's not a bad thing at all because the Young Master Echo is that they don't do the same Lion Dawn sequence at all, like in the opening of the Young Master. Here it's about they have their tie hands tied together and needs to run up these uh, this one thin board and catch a uh, silver uh, egg of some sort or silver ball, and uh, that's it. It's not as complex. Um, as young master watch which is great but but it's also show off in a way and and the dragon lord echo i mean there was one sequence in the shuttlecock sequence and a big sequence at that at that and here it's a it's a comedy that has the sport in question as its full plot i just think it's it's an echo because of the timing but brandy and and crew they're not sort of trying to imitate and coming off com- coming off as bad imitators. Like like heck, even the Young Clan, per definition, or Young Ping at the very least, they made sure to get Jackie's breakthrough. So it's not like they're uh, running behind at, at all. Uh, I think they're leading the way. And and did did you see any of those crazy supernatural movies that they did, like the, the Taoism drunk god, Shaolin drunk god, and even mismatched couples? To, so to to get an idea of how crazy Yun Ping and Yun Clan movies can be. Yeah, I've seen mismatched couples. Um, uh, it was uh, young 
Young Tales and Fighter. That's it. Uh, That's one. Yeah, yeah. They're just um, they're they're a lot of fun. You know, there's there's something about the way they're sort of yeah. It's got a good energy. Well, they're 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 certainly not sober creations. Some of them, (laughs) (laughs) but in a good way. I think they had a little smoke sesh at the tail end of one eve eve and just spitballed like ideas, man. What if Yun Chung Yan arrives in a little mouse car at the start of Taoism Drunk God? That'll be great. And there you have it. They're able to take ideas and execute. Is the yeah. point which I uh, which I admire. You know, any of the filmmakers that uh, that took reign, but they they were almost sometimes one entity. They were, they were a family making movies, uh, and a good example of uh, of the uh, sort of uh, fun pace of it all that doesn't require them to be or force them to be uh, broad comedically. At one point, you know, Yun Bu kicks someone onto. A, a trolley that runs down the street that hits hits someone who's on a bike and everybody falls down a little bit. And even simplicity like that, I think, is fun and even pleasant uh, because it requires connective tissue to make that uh, flow very well. Yeah. And uh, so, so it could have been terribly lazy, but uh, it isn't. And their physicality is an advantage uh, to them all. And most Kung Fu comedy directors, David, they understand they understood nothing about comedy absolutely zero about comedy and it shows in most kung fu comedies even though this isn't one but if we're talking yun wo ping breaking kung fu comedy in a big bad way with jackie and then you had all the copycats of that it was like they uh, stood on a movie set for the first time in their lives and just thought that have someone like jackie and then chase a little bit and then beat the shit out of each other that would be good right and sometimes it wasn't and I mean the action was cool but sometimes it was just intolerable and when you have something with the Yuns attached to it even Dance of the Drunk Mantis which is a big ass broad kung fu comedy it works because it's something about their energy their understanding of how far we can go because we're skillful we're skillful enough to go a long way and even have Dean Shek involved we can make Dean Shek funny too because we're, wow. we're, we're, yeah, we're pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, when he meets uh, Chung Kwok Kung, uh, I, I like the little twist that Yun Bu thinks he's uh, ran on, uh, ran into, or, or, or maybe it's Chung's speech at first. You think he's a is a, a big boss, he's a dialogue. It's a little quiet twist there that he's uh, not concerned with them as a gang gang and gang, and them being gangsters, but the concern is we gotta gain rep and we gotta save face in the name of football. It's a quiet beat, but I actually quite love that. That if you didn't know about the movie, that would be a fun beat because Chung Chung is acting a little bit like a big brother, big brother, and he's not. He he just wants to play football, and therefore no one's going to hurt anyone necessarily. Uh, there's there's no deaths uh, in this movie, which is um, which is uh, certainly great. I mean, shit. Even when they have Dick Way here, you think, okay, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> Dick Way is here, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 a light movie, isn't it? In terms of that, um, it, there's like no physical harm here. They 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 keep that reeled in, right? And make it and continue to make it family friendly. Yeah, I mean, uh, he throws a few elbows in in a tackle, but that's about. <laughs> I mean, it might have been a physical challenge, some of this stuff, but yeah. they, Brandy and crew, they don't uh, aim for... There's only one sequence where it's an attack in an alley and someone gets uh, beaten and you see blood stream down, down his face, but um, that's about it, and I, I think it was refreshing. 
to be honest to, yeah. to to go from because i watch so damn much crap and good movies and most of them have violent content to an extent it just does and here you have the champions where you oh nothing's happening that i'm expecting to happen here good yeah like it's they keep a pretty even tone what do you think when um when they start to uh show off uh their football skills here whether it's part of the game or whether Yumbu is gathering up uh, the balls that are uh, that are spread all over the pitch. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because it's it's uh, th- there's something here that's physically very entertaining. So uh, what do you think when we see Lee Tong display his skills like he does, just casually uh, gathering balls and stuff? I like the way they they do that. It's just sort of they don't make a big show of it. It's just like you know he's he's like you know he's collecting the loose you know collecting the loose footballs and. It's a fun sequence. There's that other, uh, there's that other bit in the locker room as well. He's like throwing, is it? Is he throwing towels into the lockers or something? I, I always thought it was like uh, the probably the washed uh, clothes, right? So so he's yeah, putting them back into the lockers. Yeah, it's just like one after the other, like dum dum dum. <laughs> that was really fun. I like that. One. And and also when he's gathering up the balls, he's essentially uh, making uh, basketball hoops as well because uh, yeah, yeah. he's gathering them up in these. Uh, 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 you know, uh, Freddy sort of uh, rope bags. That actually is. Um, we we spoke of clever doubling. I think the champions has a, quite a lot of clever doubling because as great as these guys are, they aren't as skilled as footballers. And uh, so Yumbu isn't making all of those hoops himself because yeah. uh, he's got his back to the camera. But I I thought that was seamless as well the way they use the doubles whether here or in the actual games so when it comes to uh, you know complex uh, you know uh, dribbling with the ball and uh, things like that so um, I didn't spot any obvious scenes uh, so what about you in terms of doubling and stuff no I mean uh, I, there wasn't anything there that really stood out and uh, the football rules how about that <laughs> do they do they do they follow conventional football rules yeah pr- probably not <laughs> Mind you, this you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of players now, like you know, like to sort of maybe they don't make it quite so obvious that they're throwing elbows, but they do, uh... <laughs> yeah, here's it. It's uh, they, they, it's obviously exhibition games initially, and, yeah. Uh, but uh, that's fun. <laughs> one of the <laughs> I love the bit where uh, one of the uh, first teams, Chung uh, Kwakung and Yumbu, I guess, meet. They, um, you know, they're up one all by that point, and 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 the other guys tired by kicking the goalie into the makeshift uh, makeshift uh, net that they have. They just he's got it in his hands, but they just kick him in, in into it anyway. Goal, <laughs> score. <laughs> But but that's a I mean we, we we can combine the discussion of that and the finale in a way I suppose because we're talking the physicality of it all. You, is that you think what 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 the Hong Kong crew brought to it the uh, the more complex uh, the complex choreography of it all whether it involves tackling or you know acrobatics in general is that the unique sort of Hong Kong tint to it uh, that uh, they they make complex uh, game choreography if you will. In terms of like the on, you know, the on. I mean, this is what 80, 83? Their sort of physical ability that they have. I mean, you know, the cast and the crew is able to make the the matches the matches look decent. I mean, you can see there's lots of uh, examples of when I mean, you've got football on film, you know, and and it, you know, it's it's there's there's actors in the roles, and you know, it looks 
terrible. It doesn't look anything like a you know a regular football match. You know, whereas this sort of you know it sort of it looks good. It doesn't necessarily look like a you know like you would you would see a football match these days. But I mean, I mean, it's rehearsed, obviously. So so, but but obviously they're they're not they're they're injecting. Um, tricks in order to uh, fool opponents so it's not all uh, dribbling but it's obviously uh, uh, juggling and uh, uh, juggling your ball on your knees and legs and things it looks closer to the real thing than you you, you could see in lots of other you know films that have sort of football in them you know it, it looks it looks it looks it's better for that it's better that the you know the people the actors involved and you know the people behind the camera have have other physical abilities they're able to bring that to the sport football in this case yeah it feels natural too it's not mm. like it's awkward that no. these kung fu players are trying to trying their best doing this uh, which i think is the one of the greatest uh, joys of it all i was ready to criticize the fact that even the final game is not played on a fully green pitch yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> because they, they, they try to make it like it's something not this game but other games are set at a big arena but the uh this one did use cutaways to they were probably at uh, the horse uh, races to get to get those uh, crowd shots but the, the final game is a private one and there's legs on the line and i thought like they have so much money the people who are betting on this shit i mean couldn't you afford to plant some grass for heaven's sake but <laughs> brandy Yoon probably argues that well we're gonna make it rain at one point so Sand, rain, mud. Yeah. So you can get uh, you can make it cinematic uh, that way. You know, sliding in the mud and the ball slowing down, obviously. And there's uh, when in water, so there's drama that way. So, so I thought I was ready to like stab the movie with that criticism, but then ah, he got it figured out. Brandy knew what he was doing. The, the, the finale has, uh, is, is quite fun, and uh, the, the messier it gets too. Yeah, they're all. Slipping and sliding all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you wonder how hard that would be because I'm, 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 I'm sure they had a budget to arrange some fake rain. They, they were obviously weren't gonna wait until like when's it gonna be a rainy day for many, many hours. Uh, but uh, it, it looks, it looks great. The only sequence I dislike, by the way, is the is the uh, club sequence that eventually becomes a dance sequence. I thought that was for for a short movie. I thought we were approaching uh, some padding material here. It is supposed to be there to escalate the conflict between Yum Yu and Dick Wei and they're, they're trying to upstate each other by smoking first cigarettes and then bigger cigars and stuff but in, <laughs> in all honesty I didn't think uh, it uh, needed to go that far and have a big uh, dawn, dance off either to, to be honest uh, So, but you know in a very likable movie uh, one sequence that you didn't like that that's pretty much that's great mathematics cinematically you know yeah so that was it. I only have some brief, brief random notes. So I'll do them at the end. So I'll give you the floor um, in terms of uh, any other notes you want to share about the champions. Yeah, I mean, we've already mentioned uh, Shaolin Soccer. And for me, I think there's, that has more in common with with this film than, than just the sport. There's, I think there's some definite parallels there between, you know, there's like comparable characters. I think it, within within the film, there's you know there's like a, a villain a villainous character. There's the sort of you know kind of you and Bue is kind of the 
the Stephen Chow equivalent or the other way around. You know, there's and also they have uh, footy games with no rules as well because uh, yeah, I was thinking of that scene in Shaolin Soccer where they have their first exhibition match and they say hello to the opposition team and a big wrench falls out of the guy's yeah, pocket yeah. and he says I-, I need to have this because I'm, I'm, I'm a mechanic so I need to have this yeah. and then another thing fall, falls out and he has excuses for that and when the game starts he just pulls out that big wrench and boom yeah. and boom and then they have the Shaolin the, the Shaolin skills coming back and uh, you know it's not exactly the same but there's definite parallels there I mean I would wager that you know someone involved and Shannon Stocker, you know, if not Stephen Chow himself, someone involved in the production had seen this at some point. Even Eddie Cole's backstory uh, is echoed in Shaolin Soccer. I would kind of be surprised if they hadn't seen it at some point. It just, you know, there's there's too much that's, you know, it be, you know bears a number of sort of broad similarities. But uh, either way, it's a, you know, this is this is a good film. And the people that make, you know, I mean, obviously Shaolin Soccer was a huge success it wasn't you know it wasn't, wasn't the fact that they'd taken some there's some elements from their film that was in the earlier film you know they, and, they and, went the whole you know even um if if there was an echo from the young master or dragon lord the champions yeah. when it made its own thing and even if there was an echo in shaolin soccer that said the champions he made his own unique and a very visually unique thing and the comedic Absolutely, tone is yeah. different as well so I, I fairly agree I, I, I'm willing to bet that he he was aware of it maybe he didn't go back to rewatch it necessarily but just like oh yeah Brandy Yoon I remember that guy he did that movie I enjoyed uh, seeing Eddie Coe in the film as well he's always uh, it's always fun to see him in a pop, pop up in a row I didn't realise Moon Lee was in the film either I even forgot she was in it by the end. Oh yeah, she was in it. She didn't come back. Because I mean, and then I looked looked back into sort of filmography, and I think it's a, a second role as an actress. I think she was like eighteen at the time or something. Yeah, same year as Zoo. So uh, yeah, still at this point, a couple of years away from like Mr. Vampire and you know, and the, and the Protector. Yeah, certainly, and, and certainly Angel. Then everything changed. Yeah, I did. I did. I liked. Uh, They've got the classic sort of poster art of the time for, you know, for a Golden Harvest movie. It's done in that sort of uh, cartoon style. The guy that re- was responsible for all of those kind of that poster art in the sort of, uh, you know, 70s and 80s uh, is the Yun Taitung. He was himself the subject of a, a documentary in the last year called The Posterist. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was, you know, the, the, the whole movie about, you know, this guy and his art. And it's still creating now, but it's just not, you know, because that's, that style's, you know, not, not, in, not in fashion for films. He's still, uh, he's still, uh, still an artist. He just does his, own, does his own work. But there's the whole documentary about the guy, which is, which is a nice kind of thing. Because, you know, his work was a, was a huge sort of part of, the, of, of many, many of the classic sort of Golden Harvest films of that time. It's impeccable work, for heaven's yeah, sake. So, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he was recognised and not a forgotten, uh, forgotten co- contributor because he, he he's the ultimate salesperson. People see that posters with the enlarged heads sometimes, and you decide whether you want to see a movie based on that. So he's an incredibly critical partner to, for someone in Hong Kong to recognise this because Hong Kong don't treat their cinema very well, especially old cinema. I'm sorry to say, but they don't. And to recognize an artist behind the scenes like this is amazing. 
And yeah. I, hope, I hope that doc is English friendly because I'm quite keen to see that. So. It's getting screenings when I was there in May. It wasn't it wasn't getting like a you know it's a documentary. It's not don't generally get wide releases, but it was getting regular screenings, and they, it was being left left in screens for a while. You know, it'd get like one a day or, mm-hmm. or one, one one every few days, but they would leave it there for quite a while so people could discover it and sort of get to it in their own kind of time. But I haven't found out whether it's gotten sort of a DVD release or something of that nature, but oh, I would hope it would do. It'd be nice that, you know, if it got like a bigger audience and sort of, you know, occasional, you know, cinema screenings or sort of, you know, festivals and things of that nature. But I mean, you're right. The style is very Golden Harvest distinctive and surely he must have been the guy who drew with Bruce Lee posters as well, because, uh, you know, looking at both days, the Dragon Lord poster, Young Master poster, going back to Bruce Lee, it 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 it's the very like the golden harvest defined style, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, and he did the did like the Hoy Brothers posters as well. They're wow. sort of golden harvest era, and because I remember I kind of uh, follow one of the one of Sam Hoy's sons on social media. He was he was posting about it at the time, and yeah, you know, he was saying you know this is the guy that did all, the, all did all their did all their posters, and you know make sure you go out and check it out and all this kind of thing. So. It's nice, you know. That stuff you should put on if they haven't already in a gallery, you know, and have a, a you know a proper exhibition of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why Chung Kwok Kung is holding a calculator in the poster, but that's a story from another time. <laughs> the, may, maybe it's a concept that someone said was going to be in the movie, and it actually wasn't, uh, because it it seems like he's ca- calculating the winnings, or he wants to be an office worker <laughs> or something. <laughs> but uh, hey. I'm not complaining. It looks wonderful. So uh, I really like that clean, like white background, and then and then the the art that comes comes with it. It's very like clean rather than too busy. Yeah, it is uh, cool. So very, I like that. Uh, I'm gonna remember that and see if that doc is gonna be available in some shape or form to English speaking audiences or in or, or, or those in need of English subtitles. Do you know by any chance if they, if it played subtitled or that never? Uh, occurred to you yeah it was definitely subtitled right yeah. cool uh, yeah it wasn't a big success necessarily this but it played for a week in Hong Kong cinemas apparently that and, and it got 3 million out of that week so well, what a shame right yeah but, but uh, it's preserved in some shape or form uh, even though you, can, you can't pick it up necessarily right now and have it in 10 minutes, but uh, it's been around on DVD and video in various forms. Uh, one of the early examples was a Mandarin-dubbed mainland China DVD back in the day, but it was the widescreen print, even though it was one of those uh, WA-released DVDs. That was the label, and when they did their 5.1 Mandarin soundtracks, it was merely it sounded like it was playing in an empty cinema, so it had, it had a distinct echo. That entire run of... Uh, DVDs from that mainland China label, so okay. Uh, Joy Sales, I think, only did the movie for VCD for, for the legendary collection. I, I I couldn't find I couldn't find when I searched the DVDs. Sometimes they weren't released at the same time, but it seems to me like Joy Sales never did a DVD for it. I know Delta Mac did a VCD of it because I think I have it, but there was. A prepared megastar DVD, meaning all options you would need if you were an English speaker or a Korean speaker or a Japanese speaker, but it was only released in Korea. But it was akin; it was exactly like a megastar DVD would look if you booted it up. But it only came out in Korea back in the time, uh, back in the day. And nowadays, there's only uh, more widely available a remastered DVD version in Japan. 
but it doesn't have English subtitles expectedly but uh, that's it has a better print uh, so um, so I'm sorry it's not our fault that the movies don't get released and even when movies get released that we think are okay it's topical we are talking about a movie that is out there and then I look back like one or two or three years later out of print it's not our fault David <laughs> we try we try to talk of movies that are available but uh, in this case, uh, it, it's a little bit spotty. Um, so, um, but but the Japanese DVD is actually still available. So, if you don't need English subtitles, then that, that's a recommended one. And I think it's a reduced price reissue as well, because uh, Japanese DVDs tend to be quite expensive. But they did another run that I think is a budget uh, budget uh, release. Uh, so that's it. Uh, do you remember offhand if, if that was it for Joyce's Legendary Collection that it was VCD only, or do you remember a DVD for this? It does. Uh, it does look like it was only uh, was only VCD, mm. which is fairly unusual. Yeah, you never know, though. They just sort of yeah. push out so many releases without thinking of, aha, we need to include this and this because there's an audience for it. But normally, it was multi m- multi format, if you will, uh, which is a um, shame when it wasn't. Um. I found a DVD on eBay. It's given an alternative title of Once Upon a Rainbow. <laughs> it's just slightly weird. But it's 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 definitely the champions. It's the really? same it's the same poster art. Well well I know that mainland DVD had exactly that poster art, but so well, I think I think that's another movie. I mean the the, the title is another movie. I think Yeah, uh, yeah, it seems strange. I'm scrolling down. Uh yeah, it's they got it in is Mandarin Mandarin language only. Yeah. But it's but seemingly does have English subtitles. Which is... it, it did. The, those mainland DVDs from WA or WA yeah. they did have English subtitles. It, it was essentially like the quality of a universe DVD, right? So, uh, yeah. but, 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 but that sound was quite annoying. But uh, some movies weren't present on Hong Kong DVD. I remember Profile in Anger, the Lung Guyan Revenge movie, only had a mainland DVD for many years, uh, and, uh, and that was uncut too. And then Joy Sales did theirs much later on ebay they're asking for that dvd and the postage looks uh, combined about 20 pounds fair enough but know that it's going to sound a little bit off but uh yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's a cool dvd to have because it, it merely was that poster art and no added modern stuff on top of it it was like a very clean like look at this just put the poster on the dvd uh, something joy sales understood thankfully because they, they even had a uh, on one side, uh, one poster, and the, on the other side, a different poster, if there were two posters, which was kind of cool. So, we, uh, we're sorry, but I hope you can find it, and, and uh, I hope you enjoy it if you can, uh, if you do find it, but uh, that's uh, that's it for now. I still wanted to talk about this, um, this uh, lovely little movie. And so, yes, let's uh, finish this one off, and uh, really quickly, this has been Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire Network, and for all your Podcast on Fire Network needs, go to podcastonfire.com, all our other shows, and uh, contact information, relevant links uh, to this um, episode, uh, trailers, and what have you, and uh, that, that's all going to be there, and... Uh, if you're keen on reading some reviews of mine, I do them over at SoGoodReviews.com and post video reviews at SleazyKVideo.com and uh, all of that. So uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet for now. And uh, look out for, um, if you follow David Harris and you're friends with David Harris, look out for 
a travelogue that might extend to the Philippines uh, sometime soon <laughs> in the future. Because uh, David comes there. Uh, are you that? Um, I, I was going to say, are you that tourist that it sounded so dismissive? But are you the kind of tourist that if you want to capture your trip, you're going to go in there with a camera, or do you do it on your phone? Like, like, are you pure that way? Like, uh, the, the the trips are only going to be captured uh, captured on a camera and on film, and I'm going to develop it myself. <laughs> no, I've got I've got just a basic little kind of. I I use my phone more these days, but I've got a basic kind of little digital thing. Right. I'm, I'm I'm just kind of someone you know I'm walking about and I see like oh that looks that looks interesting. And I'll take a I'll take a quick sort of snap. I don't sort of I'm I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call myself a photographer, but I kind of you know I like to capture sort of fun things that I see. Well, I think your eyes quite good, and I, I enjoy those little snippets of uh, of your traveling life, traveling life. So may, may, make sure to capture the Philippines in whatever way you think. So if you reach a quarry, for my sake, like, like uh, <laughs> take a picture of it, and then we're going to try and identify what like Richard Norton Mad Max ripoff movie he shot there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's all good. Uh, so uh, thank you, David, as always, and uh, for enjoying the movies. And uh, I've been Kennedy, and with me was Hong Kong Dave. So. Bye.